I started taking your vitamin D protocol after listening to the podcast. Two weeks into the high dose recommended, my hot flashes disappeared. It's been a month and they have yet to return. Sandy. Dr. Kylie, I have to tell you, I'm on month two of 20,000 vitamin D. My hair isn't falling out anymore. This morning, I noticed little hairs going back all over my head. Who knew vitamin D could have that effect? Thanks for sharing. Sam. I hope you've learned as much as I have this season and on this episode. If you've enjoyed it, the best compliment I can receive is a review. In fact, leave a review and I'll thank you for it. Go to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code and get the 60-minute thyroid shop on me. I'm also in need of your help. The concluding episode in season three will be number 100. My goal is to hit 100,000 downloads before this year, 2021, is over. To help get there and spread the message that normal labs can provide answers, healing, and hope, I'm going to do a drawing. Share any episode of the podcast on your social media. Tag me in it and you'll be placed inside the drawing. There will be gift cards with the grand prize being my three-month detox done right kit. We will perform the drawing as soon as we hit 100,000 downloads. So spread the message of healing beyond the diagnosis. Have you ever wanted me to create a personalized supplement plan for you? What if through your normal labs, the labs you already have, you got answers you've spent hours, even days searching Google for? I'd love to help you do that. Go to drkylieburton.com backslash book and let's get started. This opportunity will be gone forever after Thanksgiving. Yep, it will no longer be available after November 25th. Give yourself an early Christmas present or even gift it to a loved one. Walk through the doors of opportunity before they close on November 25th, right here. drkylieburton.com backslash book, B-O-O-K. Let's celebrate your success next. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, your host, Dr. Kylie. We have hit 100 episodes with this episode. So check the show notes below for our celebration. To celebrate our 100th episode, I would love it if we could hit 100,000 downloads at the same time. Help me out, guys. Share the podcast with your friends, your family, share it on social media, and let them all know that we are changing those normal labs and turning them into answers, healing, and hope. You don't even need any medical background to understand these labs. I teach it in such a simple way. Come tell them where to join us. So we can hit 100,000 downloads by January 1st. Then also to celebrate our 100th episode, go get your free 60-minute workshop on me at drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code. It is a 60-minute workshop that will transform your thyroid labs into answers, healing, and hope and give you the exact plan you need to have a happy and healthy thyroid. Again, that's drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code. Today, 
I have a very special episode and I've been super excited to record it for you. In fact, I wanted to record it for you last Thanksgiving, but that didn't happen. Thanksgiving is my all-time favorite holiday. I know a lot of people struggle during the holidays and I'm very sorry to hear that. My husband is one of them. I love it. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. I love all the family get-togethers. I love all the chaos, even though sometimes it can be overwhelming. And today I'm going to share with you what some of those family memories were like for me growing up and even within the last few years of Thanksgiving. This episode is called My Redneck Thanksgiving Traditions because at Thanksgiving time, I become a redneck as well as all of my cousins and all my aunts and uncles and all of our kids now. It is a bomb. Yeah, we have so much fun. It's one of my favorite things I look forward to because of all of our cousins. We all grew up together. And when I say all of us, there are, I don't know, 70 of us now, I would imagine. I think there were 40 grandkids on my dad's side of the family in my generation. Seven of us were girls. So growing up, I was just doing what the boys did. And it's in central Utah where my grandparents lived. They passed last year, but I still have aunts and uncles and cousins that live down there in central Utah. And it is a rural farming community. It is heaven for us who are living in the city and love to be out in the farmland and amongst the fields and the cows and the hay and on the four wheelers and in the mountains. And that's where we love to spend our summer times. And I spent many summer times down there. When it comes to Thanksgiving, though, we become rednecks. It started, well, first off, growing up, I always went to two Thanksgivings. I was blessed. My mom's family did Thanksgivings on Thursday, and my dad's family did Thanksgivings on Friday. So we got the best of both worlds, and they lived like 30 minutes apart. So it was great. Both days, we had big Thanksgiving meals me and my cousins get together. And I have probably the same amount of cousins on both sides of the family. And I grew up with my cousins. We were like each other's greatest friends. Now we're all married and have our own kids and have dispersed a little bit, which is why Thanksgiving is even more important because we all get together and see each other again. Growing up, we did Thursday and then Friday. And then on Saturday, Friday always incorporated some type of shooting event, whether we were just shooting clay pigeons or they have a pheasant farm. Or, I mean, if those who are anti-hunters, I I won't go into the details, but it was fun. It was something that we all did. And sometimes whether we carried a gun or we didn't carry a gun, we, we all went. Then Saturday morning, we would wake up first thing in the morning. My parents and their siblings would go buy Christmas tree tags at the, like right at the mouth of the canyon. And we would spend the morning finding our Christmas tree and cutting it down and having hot chocolate and doing lunch and all the fun stuff. And then we'd haul our Christmas trees home. For us, it was a good two and a half hour drive, depending on on traffic, home either that night or Sunday. That was my Thanksgiving weekend growing up. And even in school, when I was off living in Oregon, I hated missing Thanksgiving. There was one time my husband and I drove down from Portland, Oregon. It was awful. I'll never do it again. A blizzard stopped us because you couldn't see an inch in front of your car, like right outside of Twin Falls on a Wednesday night. 
So we finished our drive Thursday morning and there was like a brand new foot and a half of snow. Welcome to Idaho at Thanksgiving time. And then we drove, turned around and drove back on Sunday. It was very long. The following Thanksgiving, Lori flew by airplane down and I was pregnant and I was throwing up on the airplane and I swore I was not getting on another airplane until I was done with my pregnancy. So we missed Christmas. We spent it up uh, just him and I together, which worked out great too. We moved back. So probably let me get my timeline here straight. The very first time the iron farmer took place was when him and I were dating. So we got married in 2015. This would have been the Thanksgiving of 2014. I was up at school in Oregon. I flew down first thing that Thursday, Thanksgiving morning to Salt Lake. He picked me up at, I don't know. I know my flight was at six o'clock in the morning because I always took those flights and I hated them. So he probably picked me up around 8.30ish and we drove down to central Utah where my family was and did Thanksgiving and we were there by lunchtime for food. That was the first year that this iron farmer existed. And the iron farmer is great. And we still continue doing it. And I swear every time it gets larger and larger every single year. My cousin got this grand idea of creating some type of obstacle course or like an American Ninja Warrior course, only farm style. So this is my Redneck's Thanksgiving tradition. In the summer of 2014, my husband and I were were then dating. So of course you have to look nice and things like that. So we're dressed nicely out on the farm. My cousin brings us down. What he had set up was this short obstacle course. It took like, you know, two to three minutes and we all timed each other. We're all competitive. So this was a timed event and he had hay bales set up. So there were, we jumped the hay bales. We had to crawl through tunnels of the hay bales. Like he just used the hay bales to create this obstacle course. At one point we had to take tires and chuck them into the target zone. And then to finish that one, I remember there were blow dart guns. If you remember back a few years ago in a rural community, blow dart guns were, were the thing. So we had to hit the target with our blow dart gun. As soon as we hit that target, our time was up. So Andrew and I decide that we're going to go back to the house and change into our farm clothes, shorts and t-shirts or whatever, and compete in this thing. And there's probably 25, 30 of us cousins there. And we're, we're pretty good at being all there for all in the state. So we compete in this thing. It was so fun and it started a new tradition. And here's the redneck part. Besides the actual iron farmer obstacle course, our rewards for winning or taking first through fifth place were sprinklers nailed down to a like six by six inch piece of wood. It was great. Like I said, that started a new tradition we have done in some type of iron farmer ever since. The following year, my cousin who started this and he's continued to build it every single year, he works on this for months in advance now. The second year was a little more intensive, probably a little too far out. A lot of us, especially for me, I was coming out of state and at sea level, going from sea level to 5,000 feet in altitude was very taxing on my lungs. And I don't think I actually competed in this one because I was pregnant with Eason, but I watched everybody do it. And it was a good 10, 15 minute 
type round where we were out in the field and he had set up some obstacle courses. There was everything from throwing hammers to axes to having to, you know, build yourself some type of shelter. And then the last thing was when you finish this is when you caught a chicken. And my grandparents had chickens inside their pen, probably around 10 of them. And you had to catch a chicken in order to be done with the obstacle course. And of course, it was all timed, all timed event. But I remember everybody being so exhausted afterwards and people were frying their lungs. And and it was just a very lengthy course. It was always fun, though, and great entertainment. And if you think sometimes when I'm out of state or even in Portland, a lot of people would say, are you from the South? You have this accent. I do have some type of accent, but it's called Hicktown, Utah accent. And my cousins have a drawl, a very bad drawl. It could be worse. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, year three of the Iron Farmer. It was, let me remember this year. Okay, this one year was like the American Ninja Warrior year. And where we had one situation where you had to shoot a 22 and, and hit like the flag from the tree or something like that, or one foot by one foot rock sitting across the canal or something like that. That was one part of it. There was another part where you, there was like an American Ninja Warrior section where you had to climb up the trees that he had, you know, put logs across and created this course and then jump down with the swing and, and not land in the lake or the pond, but land on the side. Just really random things like that. And it's so fun. This is why it's my redneck Thanksgiving traditions. There were stages and each stage was recorded. And one of our aunts or uncles would man each stage and they would record you and write it down. And then by the end of it, uh, Travis, my cousin, who set all this stuff up, did all the tallying and had some algorithm that determined the winners based off of how they did in each performance and how many times you hit the target versus miss and things like that. 2020, like everybody, it didn't happen. So I'm really excited to see what is happening this year. And I can't tell you, usually he updates us on our family Facebook group, but it's August 11th when I'm recording this. So no updates have happened, but right when this comes out, I should know and uh, reach out on social media and I can tell you all my redneck updated stories for this season. It's going to be probably bigger and better than ever. And I should be able to be in shape enough to compete. I live at this altitude now, so my lungs aren't that bad. And I've been doing my best to ride my bike this summer and do a lot of hiking in the mountains. So hopefully I'm more in shape and whatever obstacle he decides, I don't like catching chickens though. So I don't think I'll catch a chicken. I don't like animals. touching me anyways. That is some of my redneck traditions. It'll be fun to see what we started incorporating as an as a new family inside my own childhood and, and my own kids as they grow up. Unfortunately, our families are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more of us cousins are getting married and some have moved out of state. My brother who was moving back this week from out of state from Texas back in I have another cousin who was in Florida, but we really do our best to get together at these family events. And like I said, some people have a very difficult time during this holiday season. So be sure to reach out and be friends with everybody. 
love them for who they are, love them for their history, love them for their past, love them for their currents, and then love them for their future. And just know that they are wanted. That's a big thing. People want to be wanted during this time of year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be by family. Then I would love to hear what some of your traditions are. So shoot me a message or send the comments in one of the social media feeds I'm now on. I'm reaching out because this is August 11th. I'm reaching out to a social media expert. And hopefully by the time you hear this, I am on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. So you have many different options to reach out. But we're at our 100th episode. And I hope you have enjoyed learning a lot from this. And you've learned a lot about me and how real I am and how, yes, there are some things that are toxic, but it's life and I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Yes, there are some foods that I shouldn't be eating all the time. Well, I don't eat them all the time, but sometimes and I don't care. And I don't think you should care either. I'm a realist. What I do care about are the numbers. Knowing that this is November and we are heading into a winter season where we have seasonal depression and who knows what the heck the world's going to be trying to tell us in just a few months. Be sure to share this with everybody under the sun. That means all of us, especially if you are in the upper half of the U.S., go back and listen to that vitamin D podcast the episode that's called Superpowers of Vitamin D. But right now, I'm going to share with you the vitamin D protocol to not be deficient in vitamin D at the end of the winter season and to prevent anxiety and depression. And the more people send me a message or you know, shoot me an email about how they listen to this vitamin D protocol on whether it was a, I was a guest on the podcast or they found it on this podcast. I've had people tell me that their hot flashes stopped. I've had people tell me that their hair loss has stopped. I've had people tell me that they just feel way better after increasing their vitamin D, but they were already taking vitamin D. Vitamin D has superpowers. And I'll teach you what they are back on that episode. But right now, as we head into the winter months, if you are an adult, you have the adult type body, I would suggest taking 20,000. Or if you're, I'd say over 200 pounds, take 25,000. I use a vitamin D per day, December, January, February, and then in March. You can back it down to 15,000 and then maintain throughout the summer months, especially if you work indoors at 10,000. If you are a teenager and have a smaller body size, stick with 15,000 IUs of vitamin D per day and then maintain more at five or 10 based off of how often you get outside. If you have kids, my kids are four and one. They'll still be four and one when you hear this. Me, however, I will be 32. I would do more of a three to 5,000 I use. So for my four-year-old, I typically give him one full dropper worth of the vitamin D that you can order on the website at drkellyburton.com backslash supplements. 
that liquid vitamin D works really, really well for kids and even teenagers. So the three-year-old, he gets one full dropper, which is 3,000 IUs. I might even give him a dropper and a half, which would be more around 5,000 IUs. And then my one-year-old would probably get at least three quarters, if not a full dropper. If you're looking at like, say, four to 10 years old, this is just a rough estimate, but based off of their body type, 5,000 IUs per day throughout the summer. And then if you're looking at more of a one to three-year-old, two to 3,000 IUs per day. I know the RDA dosage is like 400. That's pathetic. Even for newborns, I gave my newborn 1,000 IUs per day. Liquid vitamin D is great. If you want the best vitamin D supplement in the world, no biases, but it works that well. It's DV3. And you can find that on the website at drkylieburton.com backslash supplements. We will order those to you. Be sure to mass order those because they tend to go on back order during the winter months. If you are taking a blood thinner, be sure that your vitamin D does not contain vitamin K. Most of them will. Practitioners, if you're listening to this, Apex Energetics has a liquid vitamin D. I think it's called liquid D. That's pure vitamin D, nothing else in it. And I believe it's 2000 IUs per drop, which is phenomenal. Be sure to share this vitamin D protocol. Start taking it yourself and let's combat and prevent the seasonal anxiety and depression. And then you all know that vitamin D is crucial for the immune system. So whether you want to call it flu season or what I call it vitamin D deficiency season, you can combat and prevent the onset of the flu as well. I know my family will be taking vitamin D very consistently during those months, whereas in the summer months, we're not so consistent about it, but we spend a lot of our time out in the sun. And there you have it. There's 100 episodes of the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast. Share this with your friends. If you want to send me the best compliment, all you have to do is write a review. And that is the best compliment I can receive. Thanks, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Christmas. We will be back for season four in January. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. In fact, this podcast has become one of my favorite things to do in my business. Why? Because I learn as much as you do. If you've learned anything or felt empowered and had answers come from any episode of this podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you go into whatever listening app you listen to, give it a review that helps other people find it. I would like to thank you for that review. Go over to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code and get my free 60 minute thyroid workshop on me. Thank you for leaving a review. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing it with a friend. I'll see you on the next one.